Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Wondering how to fundraise for your app? Keep listening. Hi there, welcome to Ida, where we address how you can ideate, decide, and act on the business topics we talk about in each episode and apply them to your own startup. My name is Varika Pinnam. And I'm Ganika Pinnam. We're the founders of Ida. Ideate, decide, act. At Ida, we connect female founders to investors, one-on-one mentoring, and resources to help grow their business. In today's episode, we have Nicole Hartwig, who just successfully raised a $30,000 friends and family round for our business, Capri for Girls, a personal finance app for teens. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, Nicole, congrats on the huge progress you've made with your app recently and a successful fundraising round. It's a huge accomplishment at any time, but I think especially now it's a really big accomplishment because a lot of people are wondering how to fundraise or how to approach people they know um, for funds to grow their own business. Absolutely. I mean, I can't say that we weren't a little bit surprised ourselves. This is a, a, a scary time for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to make sure that we're, we're being so, you know, uh, aware of that and sensitive to that. But it is a it is an awesome accomplishment. And our team is so proud of it. And I'm I'm excited to share all the tips and tricks and anything <laughs> that we can help. Yeah, share with other founders and, you know, sort of shed a little bit of a positive light on, on this time. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm sure everyone wants to hear. And let's start with how you, you know, were inspired to start, you know, Capri for Girls and even the name is very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So this company is a super personal mission for me. Mm -hmm. Um, The inspiration for the company came from a family member, my Mm -hmm. Aunt Lynn, um, who actually passed away about five years ago. And she was, thank you. She was a phenomenal human being. She was one of those fiercely independent role models um, that you sort of get once in a lifetime um, that you get to have close to you. And when I was young, when I was a teenager, um, she really took me under her wing and taught me about money in a way that was different than how my parents or my sibling would have approached having those conversations. So when I was, when I had just graduated high school um, in 2008, I immediately went to work full-time. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to go to work. And as soon as I got a full-time job, I was ready to buy my first car. I grew up in 
so the suburbs outside of Detroit. Um, and so when I when I knew that I wanted to get my first car, I I of course wanted you know the most the most ridiculous vehicle, right? Like something your parents would never want you to buy. <laughs> and and when I told my aunt, you know, she she just said, "I'm going to sit down with you and show you how to make a budget." Um, it was no judgment. It was just let me show you how I would approach this. So we sat down, literally pen to paper. She showed me how to take an inventory of all of my income and all of my expenses. You know, my my expenses as an 18 year old, which were right. like a smoothie every day and a Fiji water on my way to work. And um, and she, you know, she taught me how to to just look at that big picture. And then we came up with a savings goal and a price for the car. And she literally wrote my name on a Tupperware container and put it in her kitchen drawer. And every two weeks when I got paid from my full-time job, I would take cash out of the bank and I would drive it over to her house and I would quote unquote deposit it into this Tupperware container. And that's how I saved up. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how I saved up for, for my first car. I, I, I bought the car. I got the auto loan. You know, of course she drove me to the dealership to pick up the car. I mean, she was, she was that person for me. She was that sort of wise and wonderful role model figure who I, who I was extremely lucky to have in my life. Um, she was a self-made woman. So she, you know, she started out as a bank teller at 18, uh, a very modest means. And by the time she passed away, she was VP of, of that same credit union of our local credit wow. union. So she was just wonderful. And what, you know, what made me so mad after, after sort of experiencing that and growing a bit older, this was, you know, this was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had 10 years to think about this and what made me mad about that was that my experience was so unique. You know, it, it, it really frustrates me that that beautiful experience that I had where somebody took me under their wing and taught me the things that I really needed to know as life skills, that that was something that my friends didn't have. My Mm -hmm. friends weren't getting that. And as I got, you know, later in life, um, I saw how that, I saw the impact of that. I saw what it meant for me to have a really foundational understanding of a lot of personal finance principles and how that helped me and set me up for success and how not having that really impacted the people around me, my friends, my peers who, who were in my group. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole idea behind Capri, yeah, is that, you know, is that that experience of, having the skills and the knowledge that you need at that age when you're entering adulthood, that shouldn't be special. Every single girl should have access to that. And that's what Capri is about. That's awesome. And it's um, great that you're talking about this being a life skill, because I totally agree with that, that, you know, everything that we learn in school and stuff, yes, that's great knowledge. But what we actually use in real life is how to like maintain finances, file taxes, these financial information is like, really essential to like have a stable life I feel like a lifestyle that everybody deserves um and like for as for Capri for girls like it's awesome like I know growing up like I never had it and even before that we had like what those little piggy banks we used to put money in and that was our go-to for the longest time I mean I swear like even after like I was in high school I would like (laughs) save cash up for things because there isn't like a place like online right now like you can save and you can yeah you can like watch your money grow or anything like that like these days are youtube and stuff you can learn stuff but you know who is going to do that you know that takes initiative but this is actually a very guided way i feel like 
and I wish I had that quite honestly <laughs> oh, <that had laughs> <a> lot. <laughs> I agree yeah so uh, tell us about your vision for how the app would work and also um, why it's called Capri for girls Absolutely. Okay, so I'll start with our name. So yeah. my aunt Lynn was was um, was a Capricorn. So she oh. and, and if you're in <laughs> if you're into astrology at all, um, or yes, you I am. That, uh, <laughs> um, and you know I am too. And I love I personally love any kind of archetype study. So I you know I love learning about the various archetypes. And the the Capricorn archetype is all about ambition and relentless pursuit of your goals and just that unstoppable sort of ambition and energy. I'm a and my England, <laughs> are you? See, it's beautiful. Of course you have a podcast um, and, a, and a business. Yes, that that energy, that was so my Aunt Lynn. She was fiercely independent and just took care of, of everything um, and, and also happened to be, you know, a, a wonderfully generous person. And so when I launched Capri, you know, from the from the very beginning, the inception of this idea is all about giving to other people what my aunt gave to me. So the idea of Capri is that, you know, is that it embodies this Capricorn essence that my aunt so was, you know, and that we are are really spreading that kind of message of of ambition and, and pursuit of your goals through through the app. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And I love that it's from astrology and stuff. That was quite unexpected. We were like, we were wondering why that's the name. And that's, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't always go over best with everybody, but those who understand astrology get excited. Yeah. Like I do, like I read these stuff, right? So I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Okay. The characteristics match what you're trying to do. Oh, that's brilliant. See, like now I'm like, okay, that goes. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, do you, I mean, I can also talk a little bit about what the app does and the mm -hmm. whole vision yeah, behind that as yeah. well. Totally. So the, the big pieces of functionality in, in the Capri app, which is, you know, the Capri app is our first, our first sort of product offering, right? So the, the whole brand of Capri is there's a big grand vision behind what, what we want to be um, for young women and, and how we want to really be a pillar of information. Um, and while we're still small and we're still launching, um, we're, we're launching our app first and foremost. So mm -hmm. the idea behind the Capri app is that it's a tool. It's literally a tool that you get to keep in your back pocket. Um, and it helps you save money. It helps you learn about money and it helps you connect with other girls about money. So those three things are really important to us because what we want to do is we want to teach you right? We want to, we want to not just inform you, we want to teach you like literally what these terms mean. What does it mean to have a credit score? How do you build a credit mm -hmm. score? Um, what is an auto loan? How do you pick between student loans? So we, we really want to teach. We want this to be a, a place of, of education. Um, we also want it to be a place where you can try things. You can actually try, you know, try, trip, fail, get back up again um, and do it all over again. We want to facilitate that learning process. So there's places for you in the app to actually action on the things that you're learning to actually save money to actually create a budget um, and that's really exciting and third you know we of course want to facilitate communication um, we all know that there are there's lots of stigma about money conversations there's a lot of taboo around money conversations um, especially among women so yeah. we really want to provide yeah a safe space where um, girls can talk to each other about their own experiences and really crowdsource information, right? There's so much 
um, there's so much value to being able to connect with other people in your age group with shared similar experiences. Absolutely. And what is the age group you're targeting in general? So I know teens, you know, young women, but what are you, um, what's your ultimate vision for, you know, how you see this app, like changing that demographic um, and like which demographic you're targeting? Yeah, absolutely. So right now our, our launch market is really that we're focusing on being in conversation with girls who are late in high school or in college. Um, These are times when there's a lot of financial first happening in your life. So you might be (laughs) buying first, you know, big first purchases, you're probably having conversations with parents about college, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time you're hearing about, you know, what your family can and can't afford. Um, And those awkward, uncomfortable conversations are coming up. So we're focusing on this age group, you know, around 18 to 22. Um, But certainly the Capri app is, is, is open to, to teenage girls and young women in general. So the, the idea is that we're not sort of putting um you know a block on a lower and higher end age group mm-hmm, yeah. rather that we're yeah that we're crafting our our messaging and our product specifically with like a young gen z woman in mind so at, any young woman is going to find relevance in this app um but we are focusing on addressing those sort of unique issues that come up in high school and in college around money for sure and i love um you know your whole messaging around this like i think especially what you said about how um, women are afraid to talk about money or salaries. I think that plays a big role into like your expectations about like your own worth or like what you deserve going into your first negotiations or your first like job where you can, you know, negotiate for your salary. So I think that's really important to start the conversation early as you're, you know. And get comfortable with starting that conversation because I know like me too, personally, like I've struggled always to like open up the conversation or just like say something about it. Cause I'm like, Oh, maybe like, I don't know enough, you know, mm-hmm. like I think having those tools, like make you more confident to like, okay, I know how much this is worth. I know like I can negotiate more. Yeah, for sure. So that's really amazing. And I can see that you have so much passion for this, which is so nice to hear, but how do you, um, you know, convey that passion to your investors or, you know, friends and family when you're raising and you mentioned at the beginning that you had tips and tricks about this. Absolutely. And thank you for that acknowledgement. It, it, this is such a, like I said, this is, this is so deeply personal for me. Um, I'm, I'm not above this, you know, I'm, I'm a part of this and this was really my, my own experience, um, channeled into something that, that I feel like can really help people. Um, and you know, the, the best, the best tip and trick that I can share is that, um, I have been I've been really sharing prolifically about Capri and about what I've been up to since since the beginning. Um, and that can be really scary. You know, it, it entrepreneurship can be a very lonely road. <laughs> it can be <laughs> isolating. Yeah, you can feel quite alone um, when you're when you're really swimming upstream, right? And and building something that's different um, and sort of bucking convention. Um, there's, you know, even just being a sole female founder in itself bucks convention, right? You know, so there's, there's a lot that can feel lonely about that. And, um, from the beginning, I, I just followed my gut. I knew that it would be important to share what I was building and what I was working on. And, you know, this is coming from a perfectionist, right? Like it's hard to share things when they're not perfect. It's hard to, you know, to be ready to put things out there when they're still sort of in that vulnerable state. Um, so you do have to be mindful about the way that you share and what you share. But the most powerful vehicle for me in growing this business 
has been sharing what I've been doing and learning and been up to and been thinking about throughout this whole process. You'd be amazed at how many people, whether it's investors who have who have actually invested in Capri or team members who have come on, you know, to be a part of the team or connections that have, you know, come into our ecosystem mm-hmm. to help connect us with other people. How many of those people have cited learning about Capri from my own social channels? And this is, you know, this is just not necessarily structured sharing, right? This is the way that I mean, I'm I'm a millennial. This is the way that we've that we've learned to share mm-hmm. um, is just really authentically and and as things come up. So my number one tip would be, you know, from my own experience, that it is so powerful to really authentically share what it is that you're doing, how you're building it, um, and and really what you're going through and experiencing. That's really good. Um, that's a great tip because I think that's one thing a lot of people struggle with, and you know, even when you come across is like people. I'm really afraid to talk about what they're doing, I think, for a couple reasons. Like, well, one is, like, people are afraid, you know, someone's going to steal their idea and stuff, which is, like, often unbased. But, you know, that's a common fear that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And the other is people are afraid that if they put it out there, they're in the spotlight. And if they fail, then everyone knows that they failed because they shared about it, you know? So how do you get over that fear? Definitely. It's hard. And, you know, I think it's a balance of a lot of different things. First of all, when you're whatever age you are, but especially if you're a young entrepreneur, you should be trying and tripping and failing and getting back up Mm -hmm. again. And people notice that um, and they see that, you know, they they really appreciate more more than you think that they would your your audience. You know, the people who are following along on your journey really appreciate authenticity and I think more and more the cultural conversation is shifting towards, you know, failure as a part of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that we all individually share about the things that we're doing, the the more that that becomes really destigmatized, and that 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 becomes true, right? That that failure is a part of success. I love that. So yeah, there there will be times when you share things that you. Um, you share something and then it didn't work. <laughs> you share something out and and then you ended up pivoting um, or you changed your business model or you changed your all your branding. And I think number one, people appreciate authenticity. But number two, people don't remember as much as you think that they're going to remember. <laughs> um, they, they're not always following along that closely to see that, oh, you changed your font or you changed your shade of pink or you, you maybe changed your, you know, something more obvious like your name. Um, <laughs> People really latch on to your story and and care about really hearing about what you're doing. And when you're speaking from the heart, mm-hmm. um, that's really what matters the most. And that's what that's what really echoes and reverberates the most. I definitely agree with that. Like people remember how you make them feel. And if you like talk with passion and like how your big business makes you feel and what it's meant to be, then I can think that is what stays with them longer. So when you were like, you know, obviously you raised your uh friends and family around how like how hard was it and what did you like what were some steps that you took to do that because I mean you know to ask for someone to believe in you enough to like raise money is even during these times or otherwise it's difficult absolutely and I and I really want to be honest about this and like I said I want to be sensitive because Mm -hmm. I know that this is not an easy time for everybody and while I want to be a lighthouse and say it's possible um, I also don't want to diminish or discount those who are really struggling and are in a really difficult place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really honor that. And I think 
for for me, me personally, and and my company and our journey. Um, the like I said, the the best thing that I did was I have been sharing since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what was really powerful is that, and what I heard from our investors over and over again was not just you know I heard about what you're doing and I'm interested, but rather I've been following what you've been doing for two years, wow. <laughs> which oh. you can see the difference between that, right? It, it's not just oh, I, I received an email that somebody forwarded to me about this opportunity and I thought it was interesting. That's great. But it was, I've been following along since the beginning. I've seen the ups and downs, right to your point. Um, I've seen all of that. I've seen the process. I've seen you speak candidly about what you're doing. And so what I found is that by the time I got on the phone with investors in the, in the last 30 days, um, they were already enrolled in what we were doing, right? I, 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 of course, am telling our story and I'm speaking from the heart about what we're doing. But before we even get on the phone, that investor is, is enrolled in, and excited about what we're doing. And that's so powerful, right? Um, and I, this is not to say that I necessarily realized that, that this would be such an advantage. Um, I, I won't, I won't say, you know, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know from the beginning that I'd be planting seeds for, for mm-hmm. later, but that is how it works, right? It's all about planting those seeds. So that, that is my biggest and best piece of advice, um, is that during this time, the feedback that I got was, was really, it was personal feedback. It was, you know, I I believe in what you're doing. I believe in what you're building. And when you're in an early stage, when you're an early stage company, the founder story is what matters. I mean, your, your story and your why is what matters. People care so much less about facts than you'd think that they would care about facts. Yeah. They're investing in you as a person. Absolutely. They care so much less in your, like that financial projection that you've spent 10 to 12 hours, you know, building over the course of a weekend and crying over um, that, you know, that financial projection, it, it matters so much less than the story that you tell, you know, really like that soul story that you tell to your investors. So that was the most powerful thing. I I, I don't mean to be a broken record, but that was really the most powerful no, thing absolutely. for me during this time. Yeah. Um, that's quite interesting to me what you said before about like they were following you, they were keeping up with what you know your ups and downs. Um, so was it like on LinkedIn, like, or was it like you going to trade shows? Like, where was this? You know, you were out there like spreading your message, sharing, yeah. yeah, sharing. Absolutely, that's a great question, and I also want to disclaim this by saying like I'm not an an influencer. <laughs> no, definitely, like a lot of us are not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm not somebody who's saying it's not like I have 10,000 followers and I'm like, "Oh, I just shared and everything came so easy." I'm a regular person, right, who has 500 Instagram followers that are my friends from, you know, from high school and college. Mm-hmm. Um and so this was not some like unbelievably extended network that I have. I'm a girl from the suburbs of Detroit that moved to New York City a decade ago. You know, I, I this is not like a a special thing. So yeah, when I say sharing on my platforms, I literally mean I, you know, on my Instagram, on my Facebook and on my LinkedIn, just my personal channels. Um, and look, I, I definitely um, try to cultivate those networks. You know, when you're an early stage founder, your network is everything. I hate, I, I used to hate hearing people say that. And I think that it can be, you can either take that as, as really skeezy or you can, or you can take it and you can run with it in, in a productive way. 
But if you cultivate your network on those platforms, and I mean, all I mean is connect with the people who you know in real life, make sure that you do that, (laughs) that you reach (laughs) out and you make those connections. Um, You know, those are seeds planted um, that you never know when, you know, when those could sprout. So yeah, I, I truly mean, I, I shared out, you know, when we got into an accelerator program in early 2019. And that was really when I started prolifically sharing about what Capri was up to. So I'm talking about, I would story about driving up to Westchester from New York City and going to this accelerator and, you know, story about all the the post-it notes on the wall um, for when we were doing design sprints um, Mm -hmm. and and sharing when we were doing pitch days, you know, the the real things that happen um, when you're building a company. And I think people really appreciate that. I think there's a lot that's sort of secretive about building a company. And I think to your point earlier, you, you do get scared to, to share your, what you, what you feel like is this golden nugget of an idea, but there is so much work, so much work that goes into taking an idea from just an idea in your notebook to a a functioning company. Um, that I I think that the fear is less that people will steal your idea and more that it's, it's kind of scary to be vulnerable and to share. Um, but in my experience, it's, it's been, it's been so worth it. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. And your story is very relatable because like you said, most people are not, you know, going to be influencers and, you know, it starts with the smaller networks. And I love what you said about, you know, how it takes so much effort to go from like the small idea into like a fully functioning company. Like, you know, no one's going to do it better than you, like the person who's most passionate about it. So I think, you know, worrying that other people are going to, you know, steal your idea when you've already made so much progress on it and, you know, you've already had the passion for it is a little bit, you know, unbased. And um, even like what you mentioned about, you know, sharing stories and stuff, like that's something, I think that's a great tip that a lot of people wouldn't think of is like sharing the story of your like day-to-day, not just your, you know, big accomplishment, like, you know, this, you know, competition or this accelerator, but even like your random day, a design sprint, you know, post-it notes. I love that you shared that. And you mentioned, totally. yeah, and you mentioned the accelerator, which actually I learned about from your sharing actually Excel 7, right? Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that see it worked. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about you know your accelerator experience and what was your biggest takeaway from you know being in an accelerator? I think that's something a lot of people really look forward to or you know really try to get into. Absolutely, and I can't recommend it enough. I mean, my overarching feedback is if if you can find an accelerator or any kind of community to get into, get into it, um, be a part of it, and really engage with it. Um, I, I happened to find the Excel 7 Accelerator because the um, Danny Pataki, um, the guy who runs it, is a wonderful person and somebody who I had known for a few years between, mm-hmm. uh, he was a friend of a friend. Um, and so again, that first degree network, right? I, I was already connected with Danny and that, that was what, what eventually led to me applying and being accepted to this accelerator. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, found, I found Excel 7. I applied. Um, I got in. And of course, you know, I want to, I just want to make it known that, you know, I didn't think when I went into the accelerator, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't think that I needed it. Like, truly, I, I have a business degree, right? I, you know, I have a business degree from um, one of the best design schools in the world, right from Parsons. And I just thought, I don't, yeah, what, you know, what help do do I need? I know how to, I know how to create a business. I, I went to school for this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and this, this is coming from somebody who has, I have a growth mindset, right? I am constantly and unashamedly always learning. And yet, 
I, I sit at my dining room table, you know, uh, two years ago thinking, um, do I need this? And I'm so glad that my gut told me to, to go for it and, and to do it because having a, having a, an environment, being in an environment where you're being challenged, where you're being pushed, where your pitches are being critiqued, where you're being asked to get outside of your comfort zone and, and do new things. That kind of environment is, is everything for an entrepreneur, especially a sole founder. So having found Excel 7 was was the best thing that I could have done. And I sing their praises all day long because the, them specifically as an accelerator, they really operate beside the founder. So it's, it's, um, it's a very intimate model where you're really sitting across the table from them and, and you feel like you've gained team members. So again, that was just a super powerful experience being that I was you know, the only founder the, and the only team member when, you know, when we, when we got into the accelerator, it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was huge for us. And I would say to any entrepreneur who's starting a business, um, y- you really need a community in some capacity. And not only do you need that community, but you have to engage with it. You know, you have to really show up and, and be a part of it. I think one of the reasons why I got so much value out of the accelerator is because I went into it ready to get value out of it. Yeah. I went in and said, I'm, you know what, I'm going to check my ego at the door and I'm just going to do what they ask me to do and really do it. Um, and I had a phenomenal experience. I, you know, I went to every event I did. I created every pitch deck. I went to every meeting. I just really showed up and that paid dividends for me. Um, those people in that community still help me. I've, they've, they have introduced me to um, to other investors, they you know we found our wow, legal amazing. support through them. Yeah, we found you know other other members of the team through them. So I can't recommend finding an accelerator or an incubator enough for an early stage entrepreneur. Don't get frustrated if you you know if, if the first one doesn't accept you. Just mm-hmm. try to find that community because you need to carve out that space. You really need that kind of support. Awesome, and thank you for sharing your story. So um, I love that you said that because you know that's kind of the community we're trying to create for female founders. You know, with Ida as well, and in general, like what, to your point earlier about entrepreneurship being a lonely journey. You know, sometimes even if you know everything, like like you said, you know, you had a business degree, and then a lot of other founders may feel they have exper- expertise in like various domains. You know, it's still so important to be on the journey with other people because you can learn so much. Um, you know, I always find just one conversation can completely change the trajectory of what you're doing or, you know, give you that like boost that you needed at the right time. And that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, you know, with Ida, like our goal is, you know, to help founders like take action on their business and, you know, move towards their business goals. So Nicole, after listening to your story, you know, some key takeaways that I definitely got were being, you know, unashamed to share and, you know, sharing fearlessly and, you know, finding your community. And, you know, just being authentic and passionate about your business. But, you know, after listening, what would you say are like Absolutely. one or two action items that founders can take right now um, during these times for their business and fundraising? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think that right now, what, if you're a founder, especially an early stage founder, I think you're hearing a lot of scary conversation going on right now. Um, and, you know, this is this right. We're, we're having this conversation right now at the height of COVID-19. And so if you're tuning into Zoom chats and AMA sessions, you're probably hearing a lot of scary conversations going on about, you know, make sure you have two years of runway and 
um, you know, cut everything and fire everyone. And, you know, I, I think my perspective and what I sort of the energy that I want to put out um, is to, you know, yes, this is this is a scary time. It's a, it's a very scary time for some, um, for many people. But my advice is to look for abundance where you can find it. So instead of sort of looking around and being scared and, and sort of cultivating that scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. um, look around for where abundance already exists, you know, in your business, in your life, on your team, um, you know, whether that is a new, a newfound abundance of time, a newfound abundance of, you know, of, of time to read or time to take walks, or maybe, maybe you have more time to connect with your team, or maybe you're like me where my team has fled New York city and now we're, you know, we're on zoom and on different time zones, but there's something different, right? There's something, there's something that that has shaken up. Um, and there's abundance in that somewhere, right? There's, there's always abundance in that in there somewhere. So really my advice is don't get scared by what you're hearing. Um, the sort of forecasts, you know, that you're hearing, I, I really, what I hope is that Capri and this, this sort of success that we've had with this round can be an example of how this time doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be scarce. We don't, you know, have to be in constant conversation about there's no money and the money has dried up. There, there is, (laughs) you know, and, and there always is. And even if it's not an abundance of money, there's an abundance of something, Um, you know, whether it's amazing, talented people who are unfortunately furloughed or laid off, who are looking for work and looking to contribute, you know, their, their skill set to your company whether it's abundance there, you know, or anywhere else. Um, I think that's a really powerful energy to have um, going into this. I definitely agree to that because, you know, these times are the ones that we're supposed to push through and not be discouraged by. So like find the silver lining and, you know, even if it's like not being able to fundraise, but get those connections because people right now are on their phones and are online. So that's a great point. I just want to thank you, Nicole, for joining us today. Yeah, we had a great time talking to you. you. Yeah, and you had shared like so many wonderful tips. And I think people are really going to appreciate, you know, tips you shared and your overall mindset that you bring to this as well. Thank you so much. I I so appreciate that you would have me on. And it's really an honor to be included in this. And um, I love being a part of, you know, of lifting up other female founders. And so it's it's really just an honor to be included and uh, and to report out some good things that are happening in the world. Well, I can't wait for Capri for Girls because I wish I had that. And quite honestly, like, I love that mission and I even love, like, the title of it and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, so if anybody wants to be notified when the app goes live, please visit CapriForGirls.com for more information. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and share with a fellow entrepreneur. Thank you for listening to Ida. And you can find us at ThinkIda.com. Until next time, ideate, decide, act.